Welcome to the Sunday Morning Shakedown. Whether you're a longtime member of Logan Sports Church or you're simply looking to go a little bit deeper into our Sunday Morning message, the Sunday Morning Shakedown is here to enrich your faith journey. Join us every week. We dive a little deeper into the Sunday messages, providing you with the tools to apply this message to your everyday walk. Stay tuned. The journey begins now. Welcome to the Sunday Morning Shakedown. So today we wrap up this series called Connect. We do. Which has been, uh, it's been a fantastic series. Um, you know, I, I did not expect it to be as moving as it was mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you mentioned yesterday you felt God to every single one of them. That is so true. It, he's been present every so time true. we get together, hasn't he? It's just yeah. been so cool in church on Sunday mornings to know that God was going to show up and whether we were baking bread in the sanctuary or had the place in the dark, he was there. And it was it was crazy to see how he can show up whenever and wherever he wants to and wherever we invite him to be. Right, right. Well, I, I noticed <laughs> my first notes on, on yesterday's message. For a series wrap-up, you were quite emotional. I was. It was, yes. Um, <laughs> I did not see that coming. I, did, I didn't either. I right. wasn't expecting to even be emotional, especially at the end, but I really wasn't expecting that. But it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've been blessed that God has spoken to me mm-hmm. in these different temperaments. And I just felt that yesterday. I just felt that. Um, how, what, what, how amazing it is to have God actually speaking to us. You know what I mean? It's just oh, yeah. so cool. And when it yeah. happens, it's you cherish that. It's overwhelming. And it's just, yeah, I, I, I get it. Trust me. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. But um, you, 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 mess, you mentioned this yesterday, and I thought this was um, pretty profound. In church, you get ready for the week, or using the week to get ready for church. Uh, you know, that was not my thought. I, I was so caught off guard when those words came out of my mouth. <laughs> I, was, I stopped because I'm like going, dang, that's good. That didn't come from me because it wasn't there right. three seconds earlier. And, right. and too often, too often, though, isn't it true? We, we come to church getting, okay, I got a big week in front of me. I better get to church. So oh, I'm yeah. charged up and ready it's to go. It's your reset. It's your, yeah, yeah. ready for the day. Yeah. And that is exactly yeah. opposite of what we've been learning for the last nine weeks. Yep. We've been learning how to get ready to come to church on Sunday morning. And if your mindset changes to where like, I'm, I'm going to use all week to get ready for Sunday morning. Then you come with a whole different attitude to church. And I, I, that was, it was, it was beautiful when it came out of my mouth and I'm like, Ooh, man, God, you're good. Cause I did not have that there. That's why I wrote it down. I knew, <laughs> <laughs> I knew we wanted that, but that's so true though. I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, it's, it's Sunday is always this day where we pick ourselves back up and get ready for the week. And, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it needs to be the opposite, really. It really know? does need to be the opposite, and that's gonna that's gonna take some transition for all of us. Yeah, to do absolutely. that well. So you talked about this group of people, and I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was interesting because you just you never hear pastors say, "I had this group of people, I didn't like them very much." <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a catch line, right? <laughs> I was like, dang, okay. But uh, well, I like them. So, I just so, don't like what they were doing. They, yeah, yeah, that was the uh, that was the clarification. So you know, go into that a little bit more. Like, what was the what was the well, situation? So every every year, this group of people at the church wanted to get together. And they wanted to go camping together. And what I noticed was is that that was the you know the one week when they went, church attendance was way down, giving was way down. It was like was this a big group of people? It was you know it started out just to be eight or ten people, and then over a period of a few years, there was 40, 50 people Seriously? that could go out there. Uh, it, it was crazy the numbers that they would have. Wow, they had people that show up for the weekend. They you know they had people that were in tents and people that were in campers, and so. It, it was a sizable group of people that were, you know, going out there camping for the weekend. And, wow. 
I, I, my wife and I were laughing about it yesterday. You know, I don't, finally, maybe the fourth or fifth year, I went out one time in the evening just because I, you know, I kind of felt obligated sure. um, to go, but never, never caught on. Never three, caught three on. Three-fourths of your church was out there. Why <laughs> you not? know, yeah. It's like, and I was always kind of like, well, can't you just come back for church and then go back out there? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, well, why not? <laughs> I, did, I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. So that rubbed you the wrong way. It really did. With with them going out mm-hmm. and not being there. So so what what brought you back around? So when I started reading this, you know, Sacred Pathways, um, when I read about the naturalist, I all of a sudden caught what was going on. There's a group of people that are really connecting to the Lord and nature, and they don't want to leave nature to come back to church because we're not going to be naturalists in church on Sunday mornings. Right. And so for them, they could they could worship out there. They had Bible study on Sunday morning. It wasn't like they weren't doing spiritual things. They were. They, they were connecting to God through nature. And when I read the book, I started feeling bad. I felt like, oh my gosh, all these years I have been, I've been downing these people. And, right. um, and I, to be completely honest, I, I did it publicly. You know, it was kind of like a little, just a slight little comment here and a little dig there. Never huge. Never just came out and said, I don't like what right. you're doing. Quit. Right. But um, I, I made it known that I didn't feel great about it. Sure. Um, and then I started feeling bad because of what I had said and done. Right. Um, and I had that, you know, I'm sorry moment. It's like, I, I, I have blown this. I am sorry. You guys are doing something for the Lord out here. So that kind of speaks to the bigger the bigger issue is that the church has kind of become intolerant of other people's way of connecting with God. What happens if somebody else doesn't match your temperament? What yeah. do you say about them? And I, and I've gotten frustrated through the years when people said, well, you know, their faith is all in their head. Um, well, a guy who's an intellectual, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it is. I, I, I have a huge head knowledge in my faith, mm-hmm. but that, that, 12 inches between my head and my heart doesn't, it's not, doesn't exist. I mean, I still have heart connection to the Lord. It's just, I've done it through my head. And so I would be offended when people would make comments like that about individuals whose faith was all in their head, um, because that's part of the way I connected to the Lord. And now you're saying something bad about my faith. Um, and I, I'm not sure that that's the only one of those that we do that with, you know, oh, they're just so emotional. They're crying all the time. Why are they so emotional? You know? Well, maybe that's part of their God-given temperament. Maybe that's the way that they connect to the Lord. And in some ways, when you have a different temperament, especially if it's like an exact opposite, then it's easy to become critical of it. Right, right. And going through this, are, what, what temperaments do you just not connect with at all? I am not a naturalist. Um, part of me is, you know, I'm allergic to everything under the sun outside. Sure. That doesn't help much at all. So right. that just doesn't, um, I've never seen myself as an activist. Yeah. Um, there are moments, there are moments when I will stand up for the ones who can't stand up for themselves, but that's few and far between. You have to push me pretty hard to get into that, to that category. Those are like my, probably the two biggest ones right. that I'm just like totally outside of. I don't think by nature I'm a caregiver. Um, I do a lot of it because of ministry, right. but it's just not like, I'm just not like, you know, singing Kumbaya because I just went to somebody and held their hand. It doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. It's a harder one. I do it, but it's harder for me to connect to God through it. It kind of comes with the, with the territory of right. being in this job, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, sometimes when I see those things going on, I'm just not, I just don't get into that like other people do. Sure. Um, but, you know, the senses, oh my gosh. Yeah, my senses are just so alive to the yeah. Lord. Every minute of every day, there's an opportunity, and that—that's the kind of stuff. Then, when people make fun of it, it hurts. Um, when people make fun of that, it's like, well, why? What? A friend of mine, he um, he likes to go to the coffee shop and uh, loves to get a good cup of coffee. And and the farmers in his church make fun of him for doing it. They're like, you know, you realize you could buy a whole thing of Maxwell House for what you pay for that one cup of coffee. Um, and they'll say that kind of thing to him. Yeah. And yet 
he's a sensate. And so they're downing, they're downing his way to connect to the Lord. They're, they're putting him down because he likes to go to a coffee shop and connect to Jesus through the senses. Yep. Um, and they don't think anything about it. They just think it's funny that he does that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not funny. Maybe it's really a way to embrace the presence of the Lord in our lives. Right, right. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's probably uh, traditionalist, mm-hmm. for sure, probably because I was raised Lutheran. Mm-hmm. So that was the... Uh, that was always my, my pushback on, on <laughs> being raised Lutheran is, is that, you know, I mm-hmm. just reciting liturgy and all that doesn't, mm-hmm. I mean, I get the, I get it, you know, but it's just not how I connect you mm-hmm. know? and also activism for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for sure. Uh, sensate for me and, uh, com, you know, being contemplative and, uh, and being an enthusiast mm-hmm. and, you know, it's funny cause I, you know, I, I came from another church that, uh, that we had a couple of clear enthusiasts in the congregation. Mm-hmm. And then you would hear whispers from everybody else because they're just look at him, like look at me, look at me, look at me over here with my mm. hands up, you know. And it's like, yeah, you know. Now I know it's like, yeah, I know that's that's how they're connecting. You know? Yes. Why you why are you belittling that? You know, I mean, don't diss it. You know, right? <laughs> you don't have to. You yeah. don't you don't have to do it. You don't have to. You don't have to embrace you it. Have, yeah, I mean, but you don't have to talk down about it. Right. And I think that was the heart of it. Any of the funny thing is, is that there is a strong piece of me that's still a traditionalist. Um, I, I grew up in that idea of a traditionalist. I, I still, I like the old hymns. I really enjoy them. I, right. I like passing an offering plate on Sunday morning. It still bothers me that there's boxes um, to put our offering in. <laughs> I, I, you know, I still don't get into the idea of online giving. I, I, we offer it, you know, let's do it. I don't yeah. have a problem with people that do it. Right. It's not me. That's, you know, I, I, want, I want to pass an offering plate. I, I enjoy the deacons literally giving communion instead of coming up front to get it. So there's all these traditionalist things that I connect with so strongly. And yet people think that I have a problem with traditionalists. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a problem with traditionalists. No? I am one in some right. ways. I just have grown beyond just living with one. I've grown beyond just the idea of it has to be one way. There's so many ways to connect. Do you think a congregation, because I mean, you've, you've been here for a long time. Yeah. Do you think a congregation reflects its pastor? Do you think that's a thing? Um, yeah, I, I do think there's some reality behind that, that a, that a congregation, um, pastors tend to want what they want. I, I've, I've laughed for years. I said, pastors don't like change. They like what they want. Um, that's I think that's just reality yeah, for most enough. of us. We like what we want. Right. Um, and so in some ways, when you think about a pastor getting what they want, it would reflect some upon the congregation. Um and yet, I don't know too many people in my congregation that go to the Cheesecake Factory, and I love to go there. And so, I <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, I think that. it has some impact on it. I'm not going to deny right. that. But um, I, I have learned that there, there are a lot of different people here that have a lot of different styles and backgrounds and temperaments, and they're here for different reasons. Mm-hmm. They don't, people don't always come to church for the exact same reason. Right. And when you when you see that mix happening, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Um, one of the things we talked about before we started this was that um, it, it seems like more than any other time right now, the church is trying desperately to connect with the younger congregation, mm-hmm. right? Like there's there's piles and piles of books that are, you know, how to how to reach the the millennials, how mm-hmm. to reach the the Gen Z crowd, mm-hmm. and, and that was never really a thing. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, I don't think the church cared about the Gen X crowd. No, way, you know, we were just told to embrace what they did. You know, there was right. no choice. There was no choice in music. There was yeah. no choice in Sunday school or small groups. And I, I got a good friend of mine who was a pastor for a number of years. He got fired because he wanted to start small groups in a church. And I'm like, they, they had Sunday school classes, but he wanted small groups. He thought midweek groups would be helpful. And they just so pushed back against him, they ended up losing his job out of it. And I'm like, you know, that's just that it's my way or the highway kind of 
that push. It's this, we're going to do what we've always done. Um, and yeah, this is maybe the first generation that's actually saying, we need to think a little bit outside of the box. Hmm. And that's just not easy. That's not easy for people to do. Yeah. Um, so you're right. There's a lot of information out there. I'm not disagreeing with that. Right. I'm just curious how many churches are actually buying those books and reading those books. I'd love to see numbers-wise. You know, how many, how many leadership teams in Indiana have bought a book on how to minister to Gen Z? Right. And actually read it and said, let's implement some and then of implementing these things. It. That, that's it, the other thing, implementing it and making it, you know... Right, making it a thing. I've done a number of leadership retreats for congregations and in, in our denomination, and it always comes down to the same thing at the end of the day. Well, we want young people. We just don't want to do what it takes to get them, you know. And they'll tell you right. that they want young people, right? Um, but when it comes to changing something to get a young person in, that's boy, that's a whole different story. Um, and that's where Sunday got controversial. It sure did. <laughs> <laughs> it it sure did. Um, and I guess. Uh, We'll start it off with with um, you, you played this clip from the movie Cars, mm. which was such a great movie. And, mm-hmm. and this whole clip, it just it it blows me away that that Pixar has figured out how to make an animated movie so emotional. But <laughs> but they have nailed it, right? Yeah. If you have, if you watch the movie Up, the like the first ten minutes of Up are just like if you're not crying at that, <laughs> then you have no soul in you at all. But um, but yeah, the the scene from Cars where it talked about the uh, the interstate mm-hmm. that went right around Radiator Springs, mm-hmm. and you had a major moment watching this movie. Uh, you know, as a sensei in a movie theater, and the Lord wanting to speak to me through my senses, I'm watching this movie. I'm watching Radiator Springs. I'm seeing the bypass going on, and and I'm hearing the words of the song. You know, this is our town. We love our town, and it's special to us. And I'm thinking. Oh my gosh! And, and this is this is the church, and the Lord just says, "Aaron, Radiator Springs is the church, yeah. and the world is the bypass." Mm. And I saw, I saw in that video that that the church has been bypassed by the world. And what are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? And for years, that that every time I see that clip, every time I think about that, I get emotional over that because right. I literally heard God speaking to me in that moment, and so. It's a powerful moment for me. And then I, I've watched as the interstate gets faster and faster and faster. Right. We're not driving 55 on it or 65. We're driving 75, 80 now on the interstate. Right. And the little sign that says Radiator Springs on it, it's not drawing anybody into the building. Mm-hmm. And I think how many how many signs are there in the churches in front of the um, congregations in Logansport that people drive by at 30, 40 mile an hour and never even see that they're there? They don't know that you're not exist. wrong. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. So, so you, you had this whole idea, this whole point of the church needs to move closer to the interstate. Uh, so that, that came like years later. I'm watching this movie here recently in one of my classes I teach and I'm, I'm standing up at the side. It's only a three minute clip. And as I'm watching the clip and I'm crying again through the clip and the class is wondering what's wrong with me again, because I hadn't told them the story yet. Um, and the Lord just spoke again. Why didn't Radiator Spring, Springs get closer to the interstate? Hmm. Um, why didn't they move over a little closer right. so people could see them, know that they were there? And I, I got thinking about how, how on some of these big interstates, how they've got these exits and mm-hmm. how the exit has been filled with gas stations. Right. Um, and we pull over at them because we need them, right? And yeah. there's, there's something in me that needs that place. And so I go there. It's close. I see it. There's the sign. And I pull in because of it. And, and I'll tell you, I, I just did this the other day. We were, we were heading over to Ohio, and there was an exit, and it said the gas station was a mile down the road. Right. I looked for the next one. 
I did. I didn't. I wasn't going to drive a mile down the road because I know at the next oh, exit. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the next exit is going to be right it's there. It's going to be right there on. Yeah. So why would I drive a mile to get to a gas station right. when in two miles forward, right? I just got to pull right off, grab what I need, and head back on the road. Right. And all of that starts coming into my mind. I'm thinking, well, gosh, the church, the church. You know, we may we may set 13 miles off of the interstate. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if we're not meeting people where they are in this generation, then we set so far away that we really don't have anything to offer for them to get off the interstate and come to us. And that's where it got controversial. Okay. Because I, you know, I mean, and, and there's, especially in the church mm-hmm. culture and church world, you know, there, there's a, there's a very uh, harsh line mm. between, you know, being where we're at and going into the world and being more of a seeker sensitive church. Mm-hmm. That, that's almost a, a naughty bad word nowadays. It is. It really is. And that, well, what, what happened in the nineties yeah. and it caused that to be a bad word. But right. d- does, does the idea of moving closer to the interstate mean that we have to compromise what we believe? No. And I think Absolutely that's what not. happens. I think some yeah. people have, have tied these two ideas together. So if, if all of a sudden I'm saying, you know, let's find ways that we can minister to crowds that would really like to um, maybe change some laws in our land, maybe stand up for, you know, people that are hurting, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe petition um, Congress to do something different or, or march, you know, actually get out and, and do some marches like we did in Martin Luther King Jr. days. Right. Does that go against biblical principles to do those things? Mm-hmm. Is that is that not a part of Jesus even in his life right. when he's right. standing up against the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law? You know, mm-hmm. he he was an activist, yeah. and and yet he did it biblically. Right. Um, so just because we say we need to move closer to the interstate doesn't mean we throw our Bibles out the window. It doesn't mean we change our core values. I can have my same core values and live closer to the interstate. Um, I've got friends in my life. I've got people in my life that I'm ministering to that we don't agree theologically. It doesn't mean that I can't still be their friend and I can't still minister to them. It doesn't mean that I have to change my core values to be friends with them. It just means that I have to be willing to be close enough to them that they want to come and have coffee with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I provide something that they need. Yeah. And so they'll come. Right. That's that's critical. That's uh, I, I don't think when I make an, a, a statement that would say, maybe we need to be a little bit less traditional, that that means we need to be a little less biblical. Mm. Yes, yeah, some people hear that, don't exactly. they? Exactly. I, I know a guy. I know a guy. I could bring him in right now. He thinks the church today has made it too easy for people. Mm. Too easy. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we may have services on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. We may have a service uh, on a Sunday evening or whatever. Mm-hmm. We make it too easy for people. Mm-hmm. Like in his head, church needs to be, you know, awful hard pews at 8.30 a.m., <laughs> you know, with yeah. the organ playing in the background. Let's make it uncomfortable. Yes. Right. You know, you're wearing your 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 shirt and tie, you know, and it's, even if it's 95 degrees outside. Right. You know, that's, that's what church should be. Right. And church and- is too easy now. And has that helped? <laughs> have we drawn more people to Jesus by doing that? Right. You know, have we have we gotten more biblical by by introducing standards that the Bible doesn't set up for us? Um, I I think not. I think not. And that's that's part of my that was part of my you know premise yesterday is that not that we should be unbiblical, but that we need to be biblical closer to the interstate. You know, I years ago one of my my biggest and I. I I don't want to call it a failure because I now know better, but I, I, God laid it on my heart to, to do a, a Sunday, a Saturday night service mm-hmm. at this church I was at and got the blessing from the pastor and the board was like, okay, whatever, do what you want. So 
<laughs> they, they let me do it. And the, the pushback came from some of the congregation. Mm, mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. What do people start going to that and not Sunday morning? Mm. Seriously? Like, mm-hmm. really? This is, this is what you're, this is where we're at now. Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe the, the pushback I was getting from people. It was, it was mind blowing. Yeah. From church people. Yeah. You know, and what would happen if you've got somebody that is a single mom who's a nurse and she's forced to work on Sunday mornings? Yep. And, you know, in, in some people's minds, it's like, well, then quit your job. Well, well, well hang on a second here. We don't, we don't have that luxury if you're a single mom trying right. to raise children. Right. And then even in a world today that's requiring two-income families. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, the church didn't require two-income families. The church is having to address what do we do because we have two-income families. Mm. And what, what if we actually gave a little bit? to be able to help a two-income family find a better way to connect to the Lord right. and giving them a space and a time and a place that they can do those kind of things. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite way. I'm thinking, well, gosh, what happened if the church was like open you know, five nights a week and had more services and more times available so more people could find a moment when they could come and connect with the Lord? I, I, I told my wife driving to church on Sunday, I'm like, I want, I want to change the mission statement out of this whole sermon series. I, I, I want to be a place where people can come and connect to God in their given temperaments. That, what, what would it be like if a church literally says, we, our goal is for you to come and connect to God in your God-given temperament? Uh, wow. Right, life changing. It would be. It would be absolutely life changing. Yeah, and absolutely. and not say you know. Well, you know, you you got to be. We're only offering the Cheesecake Factory kind of church tonight. Right. <laughs> you can't. You know, what if we all had that invitation yeah. to come and be a part of a place we connect to God? Because that's what the world's missing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The world's not missing another church service. Right. The world's not missing another Bible. We got right. plenty of translations of the Bible. We got plenty of places you can get online. What we're missing is connection to God. And what would happen if we offered a place where there's going to be connection? We're going to offer a place of connection, no matter what your temperament is, so you can get close to him. The thing that, that, that really hit me in the gut was when you said that there's segregation going on in the church, just like racial segregation mm. back in the day. Yeah. I'm like, dang, I want to say you're wrong, but you're not. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I, I, was like yeah. I want to push back, but you're, <laughs> you're absolutely correct in that. I mean, yeah. and it was just like, ouch. Mm-hmm. How did we get here? You know, because church becomes more about us than it does us connecting to God. Right? I have to have my temperament met. Pastor, stroke my ego. Mm-hmm. You know, do do what I need today. And if you don't do what I need today, then you know you've you've bl- you've blown it, Pastor. It's your yep. fault. Yep. And then people walk out mad that because we've made church too much about us and not enough about God. Um, I think that's where that came from. And so, what do I want to do? I don't, you know, it's not Little House on the Prairie days anymore. It's not like there's one church and everybody has to go to it. You know, I always thought it was funny that they always mad at the guy. I don't remember what their names were. The guy at the general store who was always doing something stupid and everybody was mad at him. But they, they were in church together on Sunday morning, right? Go, yeah. You know, everybody that doesn't yeah. like each other, they're all together and right. they're singing songs together. And we just don't live in those days when there's, you know, 93 churches in a Cass County. We What do we have? We have lots of places that I can meet just my temperament. Um, I don't think God meant it that way. Right. Sunday morning, the most segregated day of the week. Man, <laughs> I just, I'd never, I'd never thought of it like that, mm-hmm. ever. And what an eye opener. Mm. I mean, what an eye opener. And you're right. What if we did have a church where it was, we could do, we could speak to all these different temperaments? Mm-hmm. What's that going to look like? All for variety. You know, right. I'm I just, I feel like variety. For me, variety is the spice of life. I like, I like variety. I like things that are different. I know that not everybody falls into that category, but. I, I, I so believe this. I so, I so believe this. I'm gonna, I'll say it again. I, I know I said it on Sunday. If we are practicing 
our temperament six days a week, Sunday morning should be indifferent. Mm. If we're practicing our temperament right. Monday through Saturday, we come to church on Sunday, we have one goal on Sunday, and that is to praise the name of Jesus, because I spent all week getting filled. But if I come just on Sunday to get filled, it better be my spiritual temperament, because that's all I got. And if I don't get that right now, then I got to go out here and I'm empty for another week. So it, it changes the way we think about church. If we say, okay, I'm going to spend this week, and I'll use, you know, I'll use the senses this week, and I'll use my intellect this week, and I will draw close to God all week this week. And then I come to church on Sunday. Okay, pastor, what you got for me? Let's do some variety. Right. You know, I've ate, I've ate Mexican all week. It's time for a little Chinese. Sure. You know, it's okay if we have a little bit of something different. Let's do some Italian this week. You're okay with that yeah. if you're full. And then maybe you just find something you like that you never tried before. Um, it may be something new will meet your need in a way that you didn't know that it could. But if you're coming empty, you don't have a whole lot of other choice. Mm. In a world that is so empty, maybe, maybe connecting with God the rest of the week will help our Sunday morning experiences. How many people have you seen over the, the course of your career? I mean, how many people have you seen leave the church? Because of that, because their temperaments weren't being catered to, <laughs> their temperaments weren't being you know fed or whatever specifically, and they got mad. And, and if I had a number for that, oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous the number that it's been, and and the the times that I've been called where I have to choose, you know, choose this or choose that, choose us or choose them, and and that happens so often. It's mm -hmm. just, and it's sad that the church comes to that place. Choose us or choose them. Right. Choose my temperament or choose their temperament. But you can't. You can't have both. And um, you, you would hope that, that Christians would be able to move beyond that, on that beyond that location. And I'm going to say, I've been proud. Some of our older people have really embraced some of this series in ways that just have been, it's been amazing to me to hear some of our older congregations uh, yeah, say, you know yeah. what? And even yesterday, as yeah. controversial as yesterday was, um, there were a couple of ladies came to me and said, that needed to be said. Wow. And so that that was nice to get that kind of a confirmation because I, you know, I, I was kind of wondering if I was going to have a pink slip this morning when I got to <laughs> the office. <laughs> but I was convinced that what I was saying needed to be said. No, so you're right. Was, I, I, I don't I don't disagree at all. I mean, I, absolutely. You know, and it's like I'm sitting here listening to it going, this is super controversial. Oh, my gosh. And uh, <clears throat> what is Aaron doing? But I'm glad you did it. Well, you know. I am absolutely glad you did it. I mean, it, it did need to be said. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, you're right. It, it seems like, um, and I, I've talked to several people in, in the congregation, actually just yesterday, right after second service got done, I was talking to a guy, and, and he had his eyes open to, wow, this is my temperament. I figured out that I'm this, this, and I've always wondered why I struggled fitting into this, because that's not my thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, it made sense. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's bringing that sort of clarity to people, which, mm -hmm. is, which is huge. I've wondered, you know, we, we talked about this before, what would happen if we actually, instead of, instead of developed a church around temperaments, what if we developed small groups around temperaments? Yeah. What if we started saying, okay, let's get these six or eight people together. They all have, they all like camping. They like the outdoors. They're naturalists. What happens if we just allow them to get together and do their thing, mm -hmm. meet that need, grow together in their relationships, but then still they show up on Sunday mornings and then where they're with every other person that has those kind of things. Right. And what happens if we would get eight or 10 people to go down to the coffee shop mm -hmm. and, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good together and they grow in that temperament together. And what would happen if we had like, you know, 12 activists that just said, Hey, let's let, there's some things we need to do here in Logan sport, Indiana. And right. let's, let's find a way instead of a church being based on a temperament, 
What if small groups were based upon that temperament? What if we gathered people in the church around those ideas? Yeah. And then, then you do become that church you were talking about earlier, the church where it's not just one type. We're not the first church of the enthusiasts. Um, we, we are the church of Jesus Christ. And within that church, we have nine temperaments, and they're all being met. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, man, pray us out. <laughs> Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, that you um, lay things on our heart that are difficult some days. And Lord, I, I, I didn't want to isolate people on Sunday, but I did want to open eyes. And Father, thank you that some of that happened. Um, I thank you, Lord God, that there were people that saw things that needed to be seen. And I just pray, Father God, for those who are struggling with what was said. Holy Spirit, you've got the power to guide us and direct us. You want to be our counselor. You want to be our guide. You want to lead us forward. Lord, I pray that you will do that. And do that not just for the Logan Support Congregation, but for each and every church that's listening and a part of this. I believe that there are people right now that are listening to this, this broadcast, Father. They're listening to this podcast, and they don't go to our church, but they see these struggles in their own congregations. I pray, Lord, that there's a, a revival that takes place in Logansport um, around filling these God-shaped vacuums. I pray that congregations open their eyes to new ways to reach out to the least, the last, the lost, and bring them into a relationship with you. Lord, may we not compromise on what the Bible says, but may we be willing to move a little closer to the world so we can draw people into that relationship with you. Thank you, Lord God, for speaking to me through Radiator Springs and the movie Cars so many years ago. I pray, Lord, you'll continue to use that as a model for the church to be all that you want it to be. I don't think, Lord, you want us to die. I think you want us to grow because, Jesus, you tell us in your word that this is your church, not ours. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. This has been the Sunday Morning Shakedown. We'll catch you again next week. As always, visit logansportchurch.org slash podcast for more.